Hi, this is Rabbi Mordechai Fleischer, bringing you episode number four of the podcast, Understanding the Sins Discussed in the Torah. For this week's podcast, I would like to focus on the story of Cain and Hevel. The long story short is that Cain and Hevel, who are the first two children of Adam and Chava, they are actually born before Adam and Chava eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Cain uh, becomes a farmer, he works the land, Hevel becomes a shepherd, he raises sheep, Cain brings an offering, Hevel follows suit and brings an offering to Hashem as well. Hashem accepts Hevel's offering. Rashi tells us that a fire descended from heaven and consumed Hevel's offering, but Hashem did not turn towards Cain's offering. Rashi tells us, again, based on the wording used in the verses, and according to Torah Shabbat according to the oral tradition of interpreting these verses, that Cain brought a very cheap offering. He brought seeds of flax. And Hevel brought a very, uh, a very fat, uh, rich offering. He brought a fattened sheep as a sacrifice for Hashem. Cain is, is upset about this, that Hashem did not accept his offering, and that Hashem accepted Hevel's offering. Hashem uh, kind of reprimands Cain and tells him that he can, he can do better. Instead, Cain approaches Hevel out in the field. He attacks him. He kills him. Hashem comes to Cain and says, Where is Hevel, your brother? Cain famously responds, Am I my brother's keeper? To which Hashem responds, What have you done? The blood of your uh, brother cries out from the earth. And Hashem punishes Cain. And ultimately, when all is said and done, Cain is punished that he will uh, be killed after seven generations and that he will have to wander the earth. He will uh, have no place where he can really call home, where he can rest. And that is the basic story of Cain and Hevel. But I want to try to dig deeper into what exactly went on between Cain and Hevel. It's clear that Cain was a prophet. Hashem spoke to him. And yet Cain the prophet uh, resorts to this horrible, horrible deed of murdering his brother. So what exactly uh, were they fighting over? Was Cain's jealousy so great that he would kill his brother Hevel? Uh, Especially, you're talking about the, the entire world is in front of them. They couldn't just part ways and go their separate ways. Furthermore, let's uh, make this issue even even uh, more problematic, that there are sources that indicate, from Chazal, from our sages, that Cain and Hevel actually got into an argument over how to divide up the world, and um, that each one wanted more than his half. And this is what led them to fight over how to split up the entire world, and this is what le- led them to fight with each other, and they ended up fighting with each other, and ultimately Cain kills Hevel. So, uh, fighting over the entirety of the world, is, there is not enough room for the two of you. How much space do you need? Uh, how are we to understand that? So, let's start from the top over here, and try to understand from the beginning, what exactly Cain was thinking when he brought this sacrifice. Why did he bring a cheap sacrifice? Uh, Hevel seemingly mimicked or copied Cain's actions, but he brought a much nicer, richer sacrifice. Uh, what is going on over here? So Cain, as his name indicates, and as the Torah says that his mother, Chava, when she bears Cain, she says his name is Cain because I have acquired uh, I have acquired a person with Hashem. In other words, as Rashi explains, I have, a, I have acquired a child through uh, my efforts, in other words, with her coming together with her husband, she has created a new being in the world. And so this is something which Chava, in a certain sense, takes credit for. I have, I have created, I have brought this person into existence through my efforts, together with Hashem. 
we have brought this child into existence. And this is a name which is indicative of Cain's nature, and that is what we call a midah of din. Cain's midah is a midah of din, of independence. Much as Chava says, I have, I have accomplished something. True, it's with Hashem. But this is something that I have accomplished through my efforts. That is, my independent efforts have brought about this child into the world. It didn't just come from Hashem, it came through my efforts as well. The Kayin's Midah is Din. The idea of Din, usually translated as strict judgment or justice, in a broader sense is the idea of getting what you deserve, earning your keep. Whatever you do, you get exactly what you worked for, exactly what you deserve. That is the idea of Din. Everything is exactly the way it should be. The letter of the law, what we call in Hebrew, Shuras Hadin, the line of the law, in English, as I said, it's called the, the, the letter of the law. You get exactly exactly what you deserve, and everything has its proper place, everything has its its purpose, and no two things are supposed to cross over into each other. Each thing has its role, its place, its purpose in the world that it must carry out in order to be able to exist. That is din. On the other side of the spectrum, we have Hevel. And Hevel's Midah, as we will discuss more as we move along in this podcast, is Chesed. Chesed is the polar opposite of Din. Chesed is kindness. Kindness, in a broader sense, is expansion. It's giving. It's melding together with others. It is connecting with others. Giving to others. That is the idea of Chesed. And that is the exact opposite of Din. Din says, whatever you deserve, that's what you get, nothing more. And Chesed says, expand, connect to others, give to others, provide for others. Hashem creates the world initially with chesed, but He he also, um, as Chazal tell us, that Hashem actually created the world with din, but the very, very first midah is chesed. Now let me explain what this means. The very, very first step of creating the world is chesed, because Hashem creates the world, as many commentators discuss, in order to be able to create humanity who will ultimately be the beneficiaries of Hashem's goodness through humanity's efforts, they will merit to earn a portion in the world to come, and they will be able to have uh, a, a goodness unlike anything we can experience in this world. That is the goodness of the world to come. However, you have to earn that goodness. It can't be given to you as a freebie. Uh, a much longer discussion why that is so, but very briefly, you don't appreciate uh, what you have not earned. It's not really you, it's not really your existence, it's external to you, what you get for free, what's truly you is what you earn. And so to be able to truly have the goodness and the perfection of Olam Haba, you have to earn it. To earn it needs din. And so hence we have the idea that Hashem wanted to create the world, or actually created the world with din, with strict judgment, meaning the world in which a person will earn his keep has to be din, has to be judgment. Then, our sages tell us Hashem combined that with Rachamim, with mercy, which, again, a much broader discussion, but on a very basic level, is the idea of Hashem giving second chances. Ultimately, a human has to earn his or her own keep and his or her own way. You have to earn your own ticket into the world to come. However, Hashem gives extensions, He gives credits, second chances to give us more time, more ability to be able to ultimately get to the goal line. But ultimately, we need to make it across the goal line based on our own efforts. So let's go back now to Chesed and Din. Again, the very first step of Hashem creating the world is Chesed. But when He creates the actual world, the running of the world, the way things will work in the world, is based on Din combined with Rachamim, mercy, which is giving second chances and so on. But Chesed and Din, when you look at them, seem to be polar opposites, as I mentioned earlier. 
Chesed is giving, it's connection, it's expansion. Din is limitation, it's justice, it's exactly what is deserved, exactly where something should be, and so on. Kayin, as we said, manifests Din, he manifests judgment. Chava says, I have acquired with Hashem. This is, I have earned it, I have created it through my efforts, while Hevel manifests Chesed. And really, if you think about it, uh, deeply, this is reflected in their chosen professions, because Cain chooses to work the earth. Think about working the earth. If you listened to our previous podcasts, you will know that the earth is a place of distance from Hashem. And after Adam and Eve eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the earth becomes convoluted and mixed good and evil together, and Hashem curses Adam, Adam, and He says, by the sweat of your brow you shall eat bread, meaning you are going to have to sift through all of the detritus, all of the garbage, all of the junk of weeds, of stalks and chaff and stuff you don't need from the plant, of insects, of all sorts of problems, in order to be able finally, finally, after much, much effort and processing, to create edible food. It is the process of winnowing away, of slowly getting rid of all the extra stuff to finally, finally extract what you absolutely need from this. That is din. And on a broader spiritual level, what Adam is being told is that the world that you just made a, a massive wreck of, and which will now manifest as a mixture of good and evil uh, physically, will also be that way spiritually. You need to wade through the swamp now, and you need to sort out what is good and what is evil. And as I said, go back to our previous podcast for more on that idea. So work in the earth, then, is the process of sorting through between the good and the evil. And Cain chooses to do this. No small undertaking. But let's remember, Cain is Midas Hadin. Midas Hadin is, it, Midas Hadin is putting everything exactly in its place where it's supposed to go. It's not connecting everything or mixing together the good and the evil per se. It's not expansion. It is limiting. It's taking out what's no good and getting rid of it, keeping only what I absolutely need. That is Din. That is judgment. That is strict justice. On the flip side, we have Hevel. And Rashi says that Hevel did not engage in work in the land because the land had been cursed. On a deeper level, we can say this means that Hevel is not the one who is going to take upon himself to engage the world and sort out the good and the evil. No, Hevel is going to engage in chesed. He's going to engage in the connection to Hashem. He's going to avoid the earth, and instead he will engage in pasturing sheep. You may notice throughout the Torah that people who become prophets are almost always shepherds. In fact, we have seven people who are referred to as the seven shepherds. Uh, and uh, many of these are the, uh, these seven shepherds are some of the greatest people to walk the earth, people like King David, people like Yaakov, and so on. So these shepherds, uh, they go out and they take care of sheep, and while they're out taking care of sheep, they're able to expand their consciousness to connect to Hashem, and so on and so forth. On an even deeper level, we can understand that, we can say that sheep actually represent chesed, Sheep tend to band together. You have flocks of sheep. They always are connected to each other. They go with each other. They're not independent. They're, they're pretty calm and docile. And they're able to kind of get along with each other well. In addition, the nature of wool fibers is that they tend to curl over each other, get tangled. You have, you have to put a lot of work in to straightening, straightening them out and so on. But the nature of wool, which is the clothing, extracted the, the fibers, the material that we extract from sheep, is material that is very matted, clumped together, and so on. Of course, we have to, like I said, sort it out in order to make it usable, but it kind of reflects this idea of connection, expansion, the idea of chesed. 
Kayin Rashi tells us, brought a sacrifice of flax seeds. Now, flax also produces fabric, produces linen. Linen, in the Torah, is called bad. Okay, we find many places it's called bad. Um, in the context of the clothing worn by the Kohanim, in the, in the Mishkan, in the, in the tabernacle, uh, linen is re- referred to as bad. The word bad means a stalk. It also is cognate with the word alone, like levad, levado, by himself, and so on. And the idea is that uh, flax grows in individual stalks. It's not a lot of fibers that are all mad, that are all tangled, but rather you take a stalk, and yes, you have to take the fibers out and so on, but it's a straight single stick. It is by itself. It's unique. It's independent. It's not connected with other things. And hence the name bad, linen, flax, represents aloneness. It, it, it reflects that idea of din, of aloneness, of lack of connection, of limitation, of being exactly where it's supposed to be and not really expanding beyond that. Here's where the trouble begins. As I mentioned before, Hashem creates the world with chesed, but then that evolves and moves into din, which then has to move into rachamim. In order for a person to properly function, you cannot swing exclusively to one midah, to one trait, or the other. Rather, there has to be a balance between the two. You have to have some din and some chesed. If there is too much din or too much chesed, then things get out of hand. Just as an example. Uh, din, the midah of din, is best used upon oneself. So if I want to exercise my midah of din, my trait of judgment, also known as, by the way, gevura, power, or overcoming, the ability to overcome is best used upon myself. As we say in Perkeyavos, Ezohu Gibar, Hakovesh Yitzro, who is truly strong, the one who overpowers his, who conquers his evil inclination. And the idea is that din, when used properly, is for one to conquer oneself for one to limit one's evil inclination, to put the evil inclination in its place, and not to let it run amok and mix itself in to the rest of one's life and the rest of the world. The problem becomes when one turns that midah of din in the wrong direction and uses it upon other people, so that you're busy putting everyone else in their place, except yourself. So there needs to be a balance between din and chesed. A person has to have some level of chesed, even if he is inclined towards din, because otherwise it gets out of hand. It can very easily get out of hand. Even if a person is, let's just say, very careful with himself, and a very strong midas hadin of gevura, of strength, of power, towards himself, but he could also use it in the wrong way towards others, conquering them, um, being, uh, being too strong towards other people, speaking to them too harshly, uh, and, and in many other ways that you can think about, but just think in terms of people who are power-hungry, or people who are always criticizing others, and so on. That is where midas hadin is being used in the wrong way, by putting other people in their place, instead of putting, or in addition, to putting oneself in one's place as well. There has to be a balance of chesed. And in a similar sense, a person whose primary leaning is towards chesed, towards kindness, but if that runs amok, if that becomes too much, so the chesed really needs to be spread outwards, towards others, to give to others, to expand outwards, to connect with others. But if one's primary mid of chesed is towards himself, to help himself to be kind towards his Yetzir Hara, to give in to his lusts, to his desires, to take whatever he wants for himself, because he wants to be kind to himself, well, that is an absolute corruption of chesed. And again, a person could be kind towards others and still be too kind to himself as well. And very often you will find that you have these two types of personalities in society. You have the people who are very strong and sharp and strict, and often they are that way towards themselves as well, very disciplined for themselves, but very often it's a little too heavy-handed towards other people. 
Conversely, you have people who are very easygoing, kind, with an easy smile, but often you'll find those people are also a little too loose with their own personal morals, and they lack their own personal discipline, because this midah chesed is not checked. The bottom line is, you need a combination, ideally a perfect combination, of the two in order to make things work. And here's where we come back to Cain and Hevel. In order to bring the world back to perfection, in order to bring the world back to where it's supposed to be, yes, we need the din of kind to put everything in its place, but we need the checks and balances, we need the chesed of Hevel, we need the connection to Hashem. If Cain's entire sole focus of the world is just din, putting everything in its place, but he has a hard time reconnecting that to Hashem through chesed, so then we're going to have a problem. Because, very nice, he's doing a lot of work. But who's going to take the credit? Who's going to pat himself on the back? Who's going to say that it was my efforts and my discipline is going to be kind? And instead of Chava, who said it was my efforts with Hashem, as I mentioned at the outset, she says, I have acquired a person with Hashem. Chava's recognition that, yes, it was my efforts, but together with Hashem, that element of chesed, of connection, of expansion, that it is through my efforts, but in a way of expanding and connecting, by the same token, Cain, in his efforts of din, he also needs to have an element of chesed. And for that, he needs to reach out to his brother Hevel and connect with Hevel and Hevel's midah. Hevel, for his part, and his chesed, he needs to connect with Cain and his midah of din, and the two of them, working together, can bring the world back to perfection. What happens? Each one brings his own personal sacrifice. And here's where Cain sees a real challenge. Cain recognizes that he needs to have a connection. He needs to perform chesed. He needs to be able to bring, to connect, to expand what he's trying to do and reconnect it back to Hashem through this chesed. So he brings a carbon, he brings a sacrifice. But Cain has a very, very hard time doing this. He's really not willing to give up anything that he has earned through his efforts. So the flax, which represents this midah of din, this midah of aloneness, Cain brings the cheapest thing. He brings a very cheap sacrifice of flax seeds. While it might be great for your health, it's not a great sacrifice. And so, Hashem is not happy with Cain's offering. And he turns away from Cain. He does not turn towards Cain's offering. Hevel, in the meantime, brings his own sacrifice. And he brings a nice, fat, and cheap. Now, truth be told, that is Hevel's role. Hevel's role is connection to Hashem. So, Hevel is just acting out on his own role of bringing this sacrifice to Hashem, a very nice, meaty, fat, cheap to Hashem, that's Hevel's role of chesed. He'll bring a very nice sacrifice to Hashem, to connect to Hashem. What is the problem over here? The problem is, Hevel fails to reach out and to work together with Kai and his brother. So both brothers, in a sense, are guilty for not connecting with each other and working together, but rather each one doing his own thing in his own little corner. And Hashem, while accepting Hevel's sacrifice, because it was, at the end of the day, a proper sacrifice, there's still a shortcoming in Hevel's sacrifice, because he does not connect with Cain, his brother, in going back to Hashem. And Cain is guilty on two counts. Number one, he does not reach out to Hevel, his brother. And what that ends up doing, step two, is that his sacrifice is too reflective of his Midas Hadin. There's not really any real expression of Midas HaChesed. This sets Cain and Hevel on a collision course with each other because Hashem comes to Cain and encourages him to make things right, but instead, Cain is jealous of Hevel. In other words, in a sense, Cain retreats further into his corner of Din and refuses to try and connect with Hevel's brother. And the two of them start squabbling over the world. Now, at face value, they're fighting over who gets which part of the world. And as we asked at the outset, what does that mean? That they're squabbling over who gets which part of the world. There's plenty of world 
to to go around. There's not really a, lot, a whole lot of other people around. There's Adon and Chava, Adam and Eve, their parents, and that's about it. There's more than enough room for all of them. But the, on a deeper level, what they're squabbling about over here is whose approach to life should be the dominant one. Should it be Cain and his Midah of Din? Or should it be Hevel and his Midah of Chesed? How should the world be run? And instead of meeting together and working together and melding together for a perfect balance, instead they are at loggerheads refusing to see and to use the other one's mode. Now I want to point out to you that people do this all the time. Uh, if you are the din type, if you are the type of person who is very disciplined, you probably have very little patience for the less disciplined person who's always smiling, everything's always great and fine, and fine, you know, he came 10 minutes late to the meeting, so big deal, sorry, yeah, next time maybe I'll do better, and uh, always with a quick joke and a smile, and meanwhile, the, the more disciplined person is very annoyed, you showed up 30 seconds late, and I'm not interested in joking now, we have business to get down to, the people of the chesed world and the people of the din world tend to not get along all that well because they're opposite character traits. And so they're going to have a hard time getting along with each other. That's the challenge. And this is the challenge that Cain and Hevel faced and they failed to live up to. So what ends up happening? They end up fighting. And Cain, whose mida is din, is limitation, he is the one who ultimately takes Hevel's life. And murder, Ritzicha, is one of the ultimate expressions of din. It is the ultimate expression of conquering another person and overpowering them by taking that person's life away. You have absolutely, positively removed something else and you are the only one left. That is imposing din on someone else. You are limiting another person. That is the ultimate kilkul, the ultimate corruption of the midah of din is taking someone else's life. And we always look at retzichat murder as being a, a, a manifestation of the midah of din of strict judgment. It is conquering something else completely, taking away its very existence. That is the ultimate expression of din when it is moved outwards. Conversely, many generations later, Yitzchak Avinu, uh, Isaac, is placed upon the altar. He's willing to give up his life as a sacrifice to Hashem. He turns the din inwards towards himself. And so Yitzchak, our forefather Isaac, is the ultimate manifestation of din. But whose test is it? It's Avram's test. You know why? Because Avraham is the manifestation of chesed, of kindness. And Avraham is told by Hashem, I want you to take the life of your son. That's the exact opposite of Avraham's entire, entire character persona. Avraham is chesed, kindness, expansion, connecting the world with Hashem, bringing Hashem into the world, bringing goodness out from the darkness, connecting with people, helping everyone. And here he has to do exactly the opposite. He has to take a life of his very own son. That is exactly the opposite of Avram's personality. And so it's a huge, huge test for Avram. Not as much for Yitzchak. Of course, to be sure, it's a great act of sacrifice for Yitzchak. But that is Yitzchak manifesting his midah of din. He's willing to turn the din inwards towards himself and give up his life for Hashem. But here Cain turns that midah outwards and he takes Hevel's life. And Hashem ultimately punishes Cain and he tells him, you will have no place in the world. And the punishment is fitting for the crime. Because when a person takes another's life, he has removed him from the world. He has, it's the ultimate limitation. It's the ultimate removal of that person from the world. It's the ultimate removal of any existence, any independence of the other person by just taking the person away entirely, by completely dominating and conquering that person, by taking their life. And so Cain, whose entire existence is independence, it's earning my own keep, it's earning my place in this world, Hashem says, 
you too shall lose your place in this world. He won't die, but he will have to wander. He has no set place. This is a, a, an enormous manifestation of lack of presence, of lack of existence in the world, is having to wander. And that, by the way, is also why a person who has killed another by mistake has to go into exile, to an Ir Miklat, into a city of refuge as well. It's a very similar idea, that you have taken someone else's life, and by the same token, you will lose your place in this world. You will lack a place. That's a lack of existence. That is a that is contravening the midah of din. It's turning the midah of din inwards towards the person himself by taking away an element of his existence that that person, that murderer, loses his place in this world. So that is the tragic story of Cain and Hevel. It was not just a fight over the world. It wasn't just a fight over whose sacrifice did Hashem like better. But on a deeper level, it was a fight over which midah is the dominant midah, which is the dominant trait of the world. Is it kindness, or is it just, or is it strict judgment? Is it chesed, or is it din? And when all is said and done, the truth is, the two have to come together in perfect harmony. But the tendency is that, that, that they tend to be at loggerheads with each other. And even worse, is when they come together, and each one comes together with the other one in a corrupted fashion, so that a person has the midah of chesed, he is mischased, he does kindness with himself, and he does din outwardly towards others. And this idea, the combination of din and chesed, in a corrupted fashion, that din and chesed don't do well together, they have a hard time getting along, or when they do get along, when they do get together, it tends to be in a very corrupted fashion, is, according to sources, the source of an idea behind the prohibition of shatnis. Think about it right now. We talked about the sheep, the wool, being a manifestation of chesed, and the linen, the, the flax, being a manifestation of din, you cannot wear a garment that comprises of both linen and flax together. Because that is shatnis. Because you are bringing together the meat of chesed and the meat of din. And those two together uh, tend to create fireworks. What's the exception? The Torah tells us in a garment of tzitzis or in the garments of the, of the kohanim in the Beis HaMikdash. They're allowed to wear shatnis. Why? Because we have a rule that the mitzvah pushes away the prohibition. And the Torah teaches us this idea that a positive mitzvah can allow you to uh, commit, so to speak, a, a negative, to transgress, so to speak, a negative prohibition, a, a, a losase, because the positive mitzvah enables you to perform it. And where does, does the Torah teach us that? In the context of shatnis, the Torah says, do not wear shatnis, but make tzitzis. And we learn from there, the Gemara says, that in tzitzis you're allowed to wear shatnis. What's the idea? Because when you have the mitzvah, Together with the wool and the linen, the mitzvah allows the two to balance together. It's through the mitzvah that, that, that the two are able to achieve the perfect balance. So for us, practically, of course, we need to balance in our lives also this chesed and, and this din within ourselves, and also have an awareness that in the world, you will find people who have this midah of chesed and some who have this midah of din. But instead of opposing each other and fighting with each other, we should seek to try to work together in creating a, a, a perfect balance and in creating a better world that way. I hope you enjoyed this podcast, and stay tuned for future postings of future podcasts as we continue our journey exploring the sins discussed in the Torah. Have a wonderful day.